0: Hello and welcome to the Covert Nerd Podcast. Thank you for listening. I appreciate the time that you give me. Today we sit down with Tim at Rainbow Comics again. I had talked to him in the past about Transformers. So you can go to covertnerd.net after you listen to this episode and check out the previous episode if you haven't done that already. Today we talked about the Star Wars prequels and the love-hate relationship that we have with these movies so let's sit back and relax and nerd it up with Tim at Rainbow Comics about Star Wars. But today we're going to get passionate about Star Wars, specifically the prequels.
1: Episodes 1, 2, and
0: 3. Yes. And it was kind of funny when I came in the store you had mentioned that you really like the prequels and I just seen a a little blurb on Twitter or something about how the prequels has a little bit of a resurgence in popularity the last few years. So maybe, maybe you've seen something like that or heard something like that.
1: The, what, what seems to be the the prevailing theory, I guess, is the, um, because you and I are are, are roughly the same age. Yeah. I'm sorry to sorry to call you no, out. No, that's fine. Uh, I'm a little
0: bit older. <laughs> it's it's
1: fine. It's fine. I'm, you know, I, I'm no I'm no spring chicken. A, a lot of a lot of what we're seeing now is people who were had their formative years defined by the prequels uh, are now coming into their own and establishing their own points of view on media and establishing what caused them to fall in love with Star Wars, which is different than you or I. People who just now, let's say, are entering their 20s or even their late teens, are they, they'll they have a different view on, say, Jar Jar Binks than you or I do, or they have a completely different outtake on CG versus practical effects based on their upbringing and their exposure to media, and it's really, really interesting.
0: Sure, the age, age gap or age range, I would say, people that are, say, 25... 25- to maybe say thirty-five, because the f- first one came out in ninety-nine. So, mm-hmm. which was last week was the twentieth anniversary, yes. and so you had kids back then that were say maybe five years old, six years old, seven years old that went to it. Oh, sure. That's their Star Wars, absolutely. And and there's and there there's a real harsh point of
1: view, I think, from some of the old guard uh, as far as what is or is not Star Wars, and. With the prequels and especially with the newer spin-offs and the sequels, and we've got The Rise of Skywalker coming right around the corner as of the uh, time of our recording, the definition of what Star Wars can be outshines what Star Wars should be. Again, based on what I would consider the old guard—the people who grew up on the original trilogy and then the expanded universe novels—before the whole idea of a Star Wars movie was kind of taken for granted.
0: Sure, and you had. Let, let's start with the the Phantom Menace. Sure. Kind of work our way up a little bit. All right. But uh, that one came out in '99, like 99, we said. '99. Yes. And uh, did you did you see that in the theaters? I did.
1: S- uh, the only Star Wars movie that I have not seen in the theater. Is the is Empire Strikes Back? I've not seen any version of the Empire Strikes Back in the theater. Uh, fun, fun story. I'm going to go ahead and put myself on the age map right now. Uh, when I was in high school. My first period was U.S. history, I believe it was, and uh, we had a. There was a really big deal made uh, because the trailer had come out online, and uh, the teacher, my teacher at the time, I don't remember his name. I apologize, but no disrespect to teachers. <laughs> but uh, he had, he was really excited because we were going to be able to see the trailer in our classroom. So he hooked his computer up to the overhead projector, and he. He basically projected onto the screen what was the size of like a thumbnail. Uh, and it was, he pulled the projector back as far as he possibly could to have, I'd say, not even 20 inches of picture. Uh, on the on the screen and we all pushed our desks up as close as we could to watch the trailer this is the first time any of us had heard duel of the fates Fates. yes Yes. first time it was the first time any of us had heard duel of the fates seeing Darth Maul and the double-bladed lightsaber this is in high school in you know Lincoln Nebraska while we're just you know we're just little kids we've never seen Streaming video before, let alone Star Wars, let alone new Star Wars. This is dial-up kids. Yeah, this this was like it was it was mind blowing. So just to kind of set the stage, uh, and so uh, the hype was real. Oh yes, <laughs> and this is like right again. I'm in high school. I have just discovered the VHS for Star Wars. This is man. It was ninety nine. Were the special editions 98?
0: The, uh, I think they might have been 97. 97, okay. Well, by the last one, I think it was 96, maybe 95, 96, 97. I'm not 100 so. percent sure. I'm
1: not 100 percent Yeah, that I did see, because I saw New Hope and I saw Jedi, didn't see, didn't see Empire, but I can't remember if that was I feel like that was pre-prequels. But so, you know, I'm I'm ripe age to like really be into really be into Star Wars. So the fact that there was a new Star Wars after no star wars was was super insane so i did go uh i did go to see phantom menace it's a little shaky in my brain i don't think i went like opening night or anything but i did see it and one of the things that sticks in my brain to this day is the laughter i heard for Jar Jar Binks because the hate and the vitriol for Jar Jar didn't come out until we all collectively decided we didn't like Jar Jar Binks. But if nobody had asked you, if nobody had had put any kind of a stigma on him, the poop joke landed (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yes. uh, the poop joke landed, the, the whole outsider landed. Um and it was it was almost like the popularity of Avatar, right? When Avatar came out, everybody absolutely loved it until we all just unanimously decided we didn't love it anymore. Uh-oh. Uh, and, and I and I kind of feel like the Star Wars episode one was the first time I saw that in play. From like a fan perspective, because I was like, "Oh yeah, Jar Jar Binks, he was stupid and funny and whatever," and people were like, "No, he's a racist caricature." <laughs> and you're like, "Wait, he's a what?"
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I had not, I, I hadn't, I never put that in our, put that in our head. We're and like,
1: why should I? I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm a teenager in Lincoln, yeah. Nebraska. I'm not digging into it. He's, he's the, he's the comedy, comedy relief of the it movie. Was, it was comic relief. It was leaning a little. It's a little heavy handed, but was it, was it a horrible thing to hate? No,
0: <laughs> and back to the hype. I agree. The hype for that because sixteen years of oh no gosh. Star Wars movie in theaters that no, way. No, no, absolutely, a new one anyway. Mm-hmm was was huge. Oh. I remember same thing. I would pulled up the trailer on dial up. Yeah. It took forever to oh, load. For it, sure. But you're just like, "Oh my gosh, the dual-sided lightsaber, the Duel of Fates music. John Williams still did the the score." Oh, dual, like
1: regardless of what you think personally about about the Star Wars prequels, Duel of the Fates is the greatest thing to come out of that that movie. Yeah, the score was just Insane! Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so fantastically good. Uh, but yeah, so episode one, from the point of view of uh, of a, a seasoned veteran that I was as a teenager, it blew my mind, uh, and it, it sincerely did. Like when they went underwater and saw the the Gungan city, blew my mind. When they're in Naboo and they're they're having that huge lightsaber duel, best lightsaber yes. duel up uh, on I, screen till that point. I agree. I mean, uh, Empire
0: Strikes Back. The the lightsaber scene was was fantastic, but this was well in Empire and in
1: Jedi a lot of it is 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 in shadow and a lot of it is kind of left to your imagination. This time we're seeing them do it, and it was it was amazing, Uh, and and there's there's something to be said for that. And now you know, looking back on it you think of episode 1 you think of all the politics and you think of this that and the other thing and and its flaws are very very adamant and i'll get to its flaws <laughs> in a minute this is i'm not i'm not sitting here saying that the prequels are the greatest thing since sliced bread because they're not but my whole point and you had asked me what i wanted to talk about and uh after we talked about transformers which <laughs> i could talk about transformers again <laughs> if you want uh but the one thing i really wanted to talk about is is the Star Wars prequels, specifically Episode One, nothing against Episodes Two or Three, but I think Episode One is the e- easily the most misunderstood, uh, in my professional opinion. <laughs> First thing that jumped to my mind is I'd like to defend the uh, the Star Wars prequels. Yeah,
0: which really caught my eye or caught my ear. I'm like, that's an interesting take. So yes, sure. I want to give Tim the opportunity to to. Talk about the prequels and how they're not as bad as everybody thinks they they're, are. They're
1: not. They really, really aren't. So basically, that's what we're looking at with the rose-colored glasses that were on opening weekend, or the, or not even opening weekend, but the opening couple of weeks sure. after after uh, Phantom Menace came out.
0: there was lines. I remember reading lines that people had gotten in line months and months prior. Oh, sure.
1: Absolutely, it was it was ridiculous. Uh, and I don't know if you would see that now, especially with with like assigned seats and stuff. Like you, you know, oh, I bought, for, my, for my for my Endgame tickets, yeah. you know, I went online immediately, bought my seats, so like I I knew where I was going to be sitting. That's there a was, good point. There you was probably no won't
0: need. see that anymore or rarely anymore. Anyway. Rarely, I
1: mean, I'm sure with specific theaters or something, I'm sure there there's still there will be times where that happens i mean here at my comic book store uh rainbow comics in lincoln nebraska uh, we have we have lines out for special events yeah so I, I imagine that we won't we won't see them go away completely but i, I don't think we're gonna see anything near what we saw yeah. for episodes one two and three specifically
0: camping out for months on yeah. end yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely
1: uh but anyway yeah it, there was uh, a pretty there, there was a really positive reaction to Star Wars, specifically the Phantom Menace, when it came out. But that did, as, as people let it kind of settle in their brains, as uh, again the old guard quickly took a took up umbrage with a uh, with a few of the things in the Phantom Menace, and it quickly became a running gag that it's a terrible movie, that it's that it's uh, it spits in the face of everything that Star Wars is. And that it's a pale representation of the potential that Star Wars could be. Uh, And that's kind of what I'd like to dissect, if you don't mind. Yes, Uh, please. I don't know if that was a sloppy transition or not. But uh, yeah, because I am the king of making it up. (laughs) So recently, and I'd say within the last three, oh gosh... Three to six months. Uh, I did a rewatch of episode one, Phantom Menace, uh, specifically with a critical eye. I, I have two film degrees. I know I said that on the last podcast, but oh, just if people ahead. didn't hear it, not know, everybody's this, heard it. This isn't this isn't me to this isn't me trying to brag. I'm just kind of putting my bona fides out there. Uh, so <laughs> I, I do have a I have a bachelor's in film. I have a master's in screenwriting. I kind of understand on a rudimentary level structure and what makes a story work. Phantom Menace, long story short, doesn't work narratively. It's broken. And I think uh I, I watch red letter media on YouTube and one of the running gags they have is uh you didn't notice it but your brain did. And and I think that's what happened with the Phantom Menace is a lot of people were like, It's it didn't it didn't work. Why didn't it work? Yes. Big the big number one reason why the Phantom Menace Kind of failed and didn't necessarily work is there's no central character. There's not one person through whose eyes we view the story. And there are other movies that are like that, but those are generally ensemble pieces. I would argue, like Magnolia or something like that. That movie is definitely it's multiple vignettes from different points of view that all tie together to tell a single narrative. Uh, And that's not unheard of. It's not even unheard of in star Wars Uh, up until this point, it kind of was, but in this, in this specific movie, the phantom menace, if you break it down into chunks, all of those chunks are fine and functional. If you want to look at the battle for Naboo in the beginning with the, uh, with the blockade that works, you have Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon who, who knew we were going to give a crap about Obi-Wan's master, by yeah. the way? Yeah, good point. And Liam Neeson nailed it. He, he like, did. Again, it's, it's irrefutable. He did a great job. But you look at that opening, it's great. You look at Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan not going with Qui-Gon on Tatooine is one of the biggest sins of that movie. Oh. Uh, because as soon as you leave Obi-Wan on that ship, he's no longer involved in that story. Good point. Uh, and as soon as you take him out, that's one of our point of view characters gone. So now, as far as we know, Qui Gon's the main character. Spoiler alert Qui Gon dies before the end <gasps> of the movie. Oops. Uh, <laughs> and when he's taken out, that means he's not the main character. Obi Wan's not the main character. He spends a good chunk of the second act on a on a ship. On a ship yeah. Anakin's not the main character. He didn't show up till the second act. Yeah. Uh, Padme, Amidala, whatever you want to call her, she's not a main character yeah. because she weaves in and out of the story and her character's never defined. But the Pod Race works. Uh, mm-hmm. The pod Race, yep. The politics work, the individual set pieces work. There's no through line. So the fact that we don't have, we don't have uh, a main character, really was a was a detriment to that story. If we would have just had Obi Wan go with him, because we had other people on the ship that could have served that purpose, if we had Obi Wan as a as as a point of view character, I really feel like it would have tied that movie together a little bit sharply. Have Qui Gon maybe fade in the back? Okay. Have Obi Wan be your point of view character and then by the time we get to episode four the original release the original movie when we see obi-wan as this wise mentor who knows tatooine and he knows all those other things it would have really informed our point of view of okay. his character existing there and that's just one of the things so that you could have even
0: had obi-wan go with qui-gon but be more of a background character mm-hmm. so you wouldn't have had to give him a lot of lines or no no
1: but just to have him exist okay. and have him matter
0: Okay, would have would have gone a long way. Um, okay, good point. So I,
1: I think that's that's really one of the biggest things. The biggest critique you will hear about episode one specifically is CGI.
0: Yes, um, that's a huge one. It's very it's very
1: very big. George Lucas was really, really playing with CGI because of the aforementioned special editions for for people who don't know. Star Wars wasn't a household name until George Lucas decided to re-release the original movies, and he did that, I believe, in a way to kind of prime audiences yes. for this new movie. You're exactly right. One of the things he found out is with CGI, he could achieve goals that he wanted to as a young filmmaker that he couldn't see before. Like, he wanted to have Moss Eisley be bustling, he wanted to have a more full world, and he he felt like his vision wasn't, wasn't realized. Fans loved it. Fans didn't want anything to change. But George, as a filmmaker, and he totally has every right to do what he did, uh, he wanted to change it and, and utilize technology to enhance his vision. Uh, through that, what we ended up seeing in episode one and more so in episodes two and three is uh, a heavy reliance on computer graphics uh, because he was able to dictate what he wanted. And to this day, every time we get Blu-ray releases, things like that, there's tiny little tweaks and, and different things that have been adjusted or enhanced or removed. Uh, like the Ewoks blink now, which is super weird. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. But, uh, but, you know, just little tiny things like that. Uh, And so episode one uh, was, I want to say, don't quote me on this. If I'm wrong, you guys can at me. I'm at M-O-T-H-E-E on Twitter. Please tell me I'm wrong. But uh, I believe The Phantom Menace was the first movie that was shot Almost 100% on digital. Yes,
0: I think it might have been 100%. Uh, Yeah.
1: Again, I don't want to... I can't speak with any authority right now. Uh, Wikipedia is on my computer. My computer (laughs) is over there. Um, But uh, I believe it was the first movie to... If it wasn't shot 100% digitally, it was real close. Yes. Like, really, really close. And the reason he did that was so he could... And he is George George Lucas. Uh, the reason he did that was to be able to go back and utilize whatever you know. If, if we're looking at 2019, back in uh, 1999, use whatever present day technology is to enhance the visuals, and so it could always Star Wars could always be an, an evolving visual medium. The problem is <laughs> when it came out, it's very dated. It, it didn't yes. it.
0: It doesn't w- age well. It
1: de- well, it does age well. Okay. The, the problem is it, it looked dated out the gate. So with his vision, we can make it look like whatever a modern movie at the time ought to look like. But that doesn't change the fact that it didn't feel accessible. And it felt like a betrayal of the visual language that was established in the original three movies. Is that a valid criticism? Yes, is that a reason to hate the movies? No, uh, and that's that's one of my main points, I suppose. Speaking today, uh, and it's not like anybody came out of the woodwork and is like, Tim, what do you think of Star Wars? <laughs> I sure, don't wanna, I don't want to, I don't want
0: to just like come out of the come out of the come out of the woods swinging and being like, here's
1: why everybody's wrong.
0: But I suppose a lot of movies that are made now, in 10, 20 years, will have the same issue that use a lot of CGI. <laughs> In the Michael Bay Transformers movies, for one thing, in Uh, be (laughs) careful. I'm just saying that technology-wise, it's gonna look dated in 20 years or feel dated. Well,
1: and I would also say because because the Phantom Menace did what it did, uh, gave us the ability to appreciate it. Uh, so when JJ comes back and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna bring back a Star the first new Star Wars sequel since uh, since Return of the Jedi, which was uh, The Force Awakens." One of his selling points is we're gonna have actual uh, sets. We're gonna use practical effects. Who cares unless we didn't have those things? Uh, and so does that does the fact that retroactively. It being CG, it being mostly CG, does does that make those better retroactively? Again, no. Sure, sure. No, it doesn't. I guess my argument would be the visuals don't make Star Wars. It's not it, it, practical. I Do I prefer practical over CG? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I do. In Star Wars, I feel like it's more warranted. But that has brought up a lot of... I had somebody come in just the other day who told me they don't care to see any comic book movies because comic book movies rely on computer graphics and computer graphics just aren't the same as practical effects. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, but... I guess you're not gonna go see a C- like you're not gonna go see a Pixar movie then. I guess. Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> Toy Story is
0: all. And you were talking about Endgame. I mean, you wouldn't have. Why well, I say we wouldn't have it. It'd be difficult to have Avengers Endgame without the CGI for sure. And and I think CG's gotten a bad rap
1: specifically because of things like the Phantom Menace or things like Sin City Two or you know things where. It was. It's the same thing where when 3D was a bigger craze, the idea of having something post converted in 3D versus actually being shot in 3D was kind of a dirty word. You're like, oh, it was post converted. You don't want to see that. And this might just be me because I was in film school at the time. James Cameron. You know, you may have heard of him. Uh, He's only (laughs) made made, a little little movie
0: called Aliens and Avatar and Terminator things like that. Yeah, the
1: Terminator (laughs) franchise. He actually has a company that very specifically worked on post-conversion. And so if you look at things that he's post-converted, they're absolutely gorgeous. And and it got to the point where post-conversion 3D became better, on par if not better, than native shot 3D. And it was easier to do that. You didn't have a loud rig, so you could have 3D scenes real close up it's the same reason you don't see like IMAX dramas because those things are loud. Uh, but because we took time and learned the technology and found a way to make that work and, and, and make it invisible post-conversion no longer became a dirty word. Now we're out of, we're at a place in film again, where 3d has kind of become more passe. It's not, it's not the selling point. It used to be. I'm a huge fan of 3d. I love it. But, uh, but it's, it's not selling anymore. Like it was. Uh, so we're seeing that as, as kind of a fade, but my point, and I do have one <laughs> is, uh, as far as it goes with, with CG, we've come to a point now, especially in things like Endgame and things like, even with like John wick or detective Pikachu, because I'm definitely dating this podcast we're seeing cg get to a point finally where you can look at a cg character and not feel that uncanny valley you're not like oh i'm looking at a cartoon that's in a real world exactly. you're you're starting to feel that thanks to george lucas saying you know what i'm going to take the biggest idea we could possibly have and just completely do something else with it i believe some because he started a trend because of the the steps he took. We've made it so our expectations of what CG can or could possibly be needs to match with our expectation of narrative and our expectation of what we want to see. Uh, and I, I honestly believe that I believe that we could we could get a cut of the Phantom Menace updating the visuals to st- to modern day standards, because it was all shot on green screens and minimal sets, it, it's very possible that we could see a modern, a modern update on The Phantom Menace. I was just
0: going to ask you that. I was like, since it's all digital, we could get yeah, a modern, could. an updated version so that it doesn't look quite so clunky. You could. But then <laughs>
1: we come into one of the cardinal sins of the special editions. So a lot of people hate on George Lucas for the special editions because they didn't meet his standard, but the fans loved it. So George, again, and I stand by what I said, George absolutely was within his rights to, to futz with it as he sees fit. Sure. The biggest sin I think George Lucas c- committed uh, is that he didn't leave those original versions of readily available. Yes. Um, but Disney should
0: have those, I would assume. Did, they didn't. Until this year. When
1: they got Fox. When they got Fox. Yes. Fox had the rights to specifically A New Hope. But now, now that that merger's done, Disney has that back in their wheelhouse. And I would not be surprised in a post-Rise of Skywalker if we wouldn't see a re-release of yeah. the original versions.
0: With, with Blu-rays and streaming now, there's no reason why they can't. you can't go buy a disc that has the original theatrical on sure. it, the special edition, and then everything else, or you know, whatever sure, you sure. want. Well, and, and here
1: I, I'm going to go nerdy real quick. So brace yourself because well, this is, is a covert nerd podcast. So. Just about to happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they they announced that after the rise of Skywalker, we're going to have a three year gap before we get the next movie, which is confirmed to be from Benioff and Weiss, oh. and them coming off of Game of Thrones, take all the time you need.
0: I heard that they were doing three, but I didn't hear that ben- they oh, okay. are
1: confirmed to have the first movie out the gate. After this three-year hiatus will be the Benioff and Weiss, and then it's projected to be every two years, which seems really like a pretty big gap. We'd get a Benioff and Weiss, and then, um, well, what's his name? Ryan Johnson. And then two years, we get Benioff and Weiss, and two years, we get Ryan Johnson and Disney+, and this and that and the other thing. But we're going to have three years where we don't have a theatrically released Star Wars movie. We will have Disney+, Plus. we'll have The Mandalorian, we'll have the final season of Clone Wars, which we'll get to in the future. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll have a whole bunch of other, of other things. I think that is a prime time for Disney to be like, hey, while you're waiting, here's the original cuts of the original movies. So now you can enjoy the entire saga and see the original movies from... Not necessarily the way they were intended, but the way they were, they were. originally released. Yeah, and this is...
0: then you pacify the original originalist. Yep, and, you, and there will be one thing. <laughs>
1: Let me just... This is just going to be tangent, the podcast. Uh, I have all of the Star Wars movies on Blu-ray, and watching the original, watching A New Hope on Blu-ray, it's gorgeous. It is an absolutely gorgeous film. If you go in and clean that up... Uh, give me the original cut. And th- it's it's in Skywalker Ranch. Like yeah. it's it's gonna be in okay condition. But you clean that up, you back that up on a four K conversion. It's gonna look pristine. It's gonna look real pretty. Yeah. Uh, and I, and oh,
0: Disney's and, got the money to do it. Oh, and then sure. maybe when they do that as well, since we're talking about Episode One, maybe they'll do a CGI update on Episode One. I I because then you're about twenty five years out from it the. Would,
1: it would be really cool. It'd be really cool to see that. I honestly, it's completely plausible. Or you just leave. Or or again, you can have two versions. You can have the original and... I I don't think we will see an overhaul. I don't think it's going to happen because of of the historical backlash with redoing those other ones. If it does happen, it'll be another 25 years.
0: Another question then, since we're talking about CGI... You probably see films, and, and does Phantom Menace do this, where they rely too heavily on the storytelling with the CGI? Because there's some films that that kind of is the movie, is the high high yeah. end CGI. No, for sure. But um, does does Phantom Menace and Phantom Menace do that? It's a terrible title. Let's <laughs> let's let's, let's get this out. <laughs> let's get
1: this out of the way. The Phantom Menace is a terrible title. It makes <laughs> no sense. Uh, I I am hard pressed. Like, I can tell you everything. As far as Star Wars is concerned, with the exception of The Rise of Skywalker, which I haven't seen yet, but I can tell you what the title for everything else means... I cannot tell you what the Phantom Menace is. I, unless it's like, is it Palpatine? It's Palpatine, yeah. Is it, yeah uh, we don't, his, He's is the, that, the bad guy. But, but, but. It's not, at no point is it established that he's the Phantom Menace and nobody uses the term Phantom. Nobody even uses the word menace. It's true, they never really, they they and,
0: show the, the Emperor, well, not the Emperor, but the Sith Palpatine, Lord, but yeah. they don't. Well, and,
1: and, and I don't. And please don't get me wrong. I don't want. I don't want Obi Wan to like be running, run up to Qui Gon and be like, oh, oh, "I'm glad we got to deal with that Phantom Menace." Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't want that at all. Title drop. But the 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 idea is a new hope. I don't need somebody telling me that this is a new hope for the galaxy. I don't. I don't need that. I don't need to know that. Oh, the clones are attacking. Oh, the Sith are taking their revenge. The Jedi's returning. You know, the Empire is striking back. Like, I get that. You know, the Force Awakens. It's been dormant for a while. We have, oh, Luke Skywalker is the last Jedi. Like, that all makes sense. I I don't walk away from the Phantom Menace being like, I guess it's Pod Race Academy. Like, Pod Racing school. Yeah, it, well, it is. It's Wizard. Uh, <laughs> but, but no, I, I do think that CG. Uh, and that's one of the problems narratively speaking not only do we not have a main character we have we have a uh, spectacle has has taken a front seat and Plot has taken a back seat Podrace works Pod race is great Pod race is also 15 minutes long uh, it is a long race it's, it's real real long um, they they use force speed the only time on screen at the very beginning yes. of the Phantom Menace just to show that they could Obi-Wan could have used it at the very end because we set it up in the beginning when you know if you set something up in the first act it ought to pay off in the third act but since this movie doesn't follow a traditional act structure by any means it doesn't pay off like i was watching at the end they're like oh he used force speed once that opens up he's going to use force speed block darth maul and save qui-gon or at least get to darth maul and prevent Asher. Qui-Gon yeah, because he could have went yeah, through the little he door. Absolutely, things. could have based on the rules that you established in this movie, and he didn't do that. Yeah, and it's 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 here. It's neither here nor there. But you know, it, it goes it goes with what I'm saying. Like I'm not saying these these this is a perfect movie. No, like no. not my but any. You, you, you just had so
0: much, and I, I agree. People really hate on it, but when at that time and even now, like I said, 16 years between. Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace, so I was just happy we finally got another Star Wars movie.
1: Well, I don't think it, I don't think that it was ever even conceived that we would ever get another movie. Um, and and this goes back to when I was in high school. We're talking we're talking early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands. Movies had it was generally accepted that movies came in threes, uh, and and even before like twenty years before that, that was completely unheard of. But trilogies was kind of how it was and then when trilogies were done then that's just kind of okay well the movies are finished we won't get any more movies and the idea that Star Wars was four five and six kind of stoked a creative fire in the fan base where where people were like oh but what were one two and three what what comes after six and and that's where they have the expanded universe and here's here's what our idea of what could possibly happen and the, and the fandom was really relatively small. Like, the, the uh, Star Wars fans are very passionate and very into what they're into. And if you go to a Star Wars-themed convention or Comic-Con or something like that, you're going to see a large group of people. But that group of people who love Star Wars very passionately makes up a real small percentage of the movie-going community. You're right. And so when Disney bought Star Wars and they said, we're going to jettison the expanded universe, and it's no longer canon, people took it real personal. But when you're making a movie, you can't expect that movie to make millions upon millions of dollars when everybody who goes to see that movie has to read... Thirty books in order to understand what the what the state is. You can't just be like, "Well, Chewbacca's dead. Luke was married to Mara Jade. There was this, that, and the other thing." There's three. There were three solos, but one of them's dead now, and the other one is this one, and then here's
0: this other thing over here. Yeah, it's nobody's going to do that. There's too well, much. Not enough people are going to do that. Well, there
1: are people who would. Yes, absolutely. But not do enough that.
0: to handle a, a two hundred million dollar budget. to yep. pay for a two hundred million. No, for budget. sure. The, my favorite thing that's come out of the,
1: the loss of the expanded – and I say loss. It's not gone. It's all there. It's still there. But the removal of the expanded universe from continuity has opened up a whole new in-continuity expanded universe. So all everything that's coming out from Marvel, every all of the novels that are coming out, if it doesn't have legends on it, it counts. Uh, and, and the one, prequels are still canon. Prequels are still canon. Clone Wars are canon all of this stuff is canon and, and Star Wars has turned into this thing that I love so completely. I I, I I, I'm losing my, my train of thought. I apologize. No, but, that's okay. But yeah, you guys think I love Transformers. I do, but Transformers is like my secret love. Star,
0: <laughs> Star,
1: Star Wars is your, my your lady. Your side girlfriend. Oh yeah. no, like, no I have a, I have a uh, Star Wars Transformer that's like Millennium Falcon Ooh. and it breaks in half and one half is Han, the other half is Chewie and it's Oh, have so they good. ever?
0: Have they? This is totally again. No, 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 no. Chasing a rabbit here again. Have they ever done a Star Wars Transformers crossover? They have in the toys. Okay, but not, not in comics. Not in comics. Not
1: in not in other media. Not in any official capacity. Uh, that'll probably happen. That some,
0: well, no, because it's
1: two different properties. IDW works with Marvel. That's true. Okay, okay. Uh, so like they might. IDW is actually publishing Marvel books yeah. out there, of continuity. Yes. So they might. Uh, it very well could
0: happen. I'd like to see a uh, Luke Skywalker versus Megatron. They did do. <laughs> they did. Uh, they did a Transformers Avengers crossover. That's true. That yeah. was some hot garbage. Uh, <laughs> Whole <but>, other episode. <laughs> but no, for sure. Let's move maybe to Attack of the Clones. Sure. It came out in 2002. 2002. Yeah. So we're, again... I uh, was in the
1: Marine Corps in two thousand.
0: Okay. When did you see that? Or tell us a little bit of back history on when you saw that. Hectic, that guy gets a little hazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> things were...
0: Things were... I don't know if you know this, but uh, there was an attack
1: on America oh, in 2001. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you'd heard about this. So my, my time in the Marine Corps is real hectic. I know for a fact that I had bought the video game. And I for know... For system...
0: Be PlayStation oh, or it was uh, definitely Cube? PlayStation. PlayStation, definitely PlayStation. It'll be PlayStation Two, then probably. Yep, PlayStation okay. Two was the
1: first thing I bought with my first check from the Marine oh, Corps. Oh sweet! <laughs> uh, but no, I, I remember buying that. I remember. I don't remember trailers, but I did see it on base. Here's the thing about Episode Two. Uh, I love it. <laughs> episode Two. Again, feel free. Again, M-O-T-H-E-E on Twitter. That's me. Feel free to send me all your hate. It's, it's totally <laughs> all fine. All your prequel hate. We'll, we'll, I'm willing to have a discussion with you guys. It's super cool. Uh, or come into the store see me. Rainbow Comics, Lincoln, Nebraska. Come say hi. I don't hate episode two. Episode two gets the bulk of the hate. And it, I was very surprised to find that out. Because in my brain, the most flawed is Phantom Menace. Most people really do not like Episode Two, and I figured out why. Okay, because I'm smart. <laughs> it's the romance. When when Johnny Layperson or even even Star Wars fans think about Episode Two, they think about the horrible, horrible romance uh, between between Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman, who were fine actors in their own rights natalie portman is in a whole other class to hayden christensen and i apologize to hayden christensen who i know is one of your biggest fans uh so i'm so sorry hayden Please come visit me at my store in Lincoln, Nebraska. You can rant at him in person. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you some free stuff, man. Come on by.
0: If you're listening, come on in. Yeah,
1: absolutely, man. We have the, the sand. It's rough, of course. It gets everywhere. I don't like sand, blah, blah, blah. Natalie Portman is too good of an actress for George Lucas's dialogue. It's just true. And that's what everybody thinks of in general. That's what people think of when they think of episode two. When I think of episode two, I think of that opening. It, it pans the wrong way, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I think of that opening that's on Coruscant when Amidal is attacked by uh, by the bounty hunter and Anakin jumps out and they have this giant chase scene that I still think looks fantastic. It's got such high energy. You've got a John Williams score. He's jumping from car to car. He's making ridiculous, silly mistakes. And I'm like, I, I kind of want to go. I want to go home right now watch and watch it. episode two because I really, really like it. But I think of that opening thing, which is one of my favorite Star Wars openings of all time. I also remember the clone facility and being fascinated with the idea of the clone troopers, which feeds into my love of the Clone Wars series. Which again, we'll get to that some other time. No, ugh, my love for Clone Wars and Rebels can't be can't be overstated. But I also, as far as Attack of the Clones, I think of that final battle uh, on Geonosis in that arena and we have those weird bug monsters and there's you know it's they're tied to poles and then suddenly out of nowhere here comes the cavalry led by Mace Windu and Yoda and there's lightsabers it's like the really the first and Maybe the only time we've seen that kind of a battle scope in Star Wars, and it, it kind of gets me excited for what Benioff and Weiss could possibly have planned. Because if they bring their Game of Thrones sensibilities, and if the rumors are true, and they're setting their stuff in the Old Republic, we could see we could see grand battles with you know Sith versus Jedi. This is me fanning out. This is n- not based on any. Official source, but because of the battle at, at the end of episode two, I really get super jazzed at what the physical manifestation of good versus evil in a black and white fantasy sci fi world could possibly be. I love that fight, uh, I absolutely love it. But in I the am, arena, you're talking about, yeah, yeah I, in yeah. the arena, yeah, you got like a hundred Jedi oh,
0: yeah, going at it, yeah, and Jedi. Are
1: fallible. Like it's Jedi Fall in that Django Fett gets his head cut yeah, off. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: it's kind of a detective movie because. Uh, Obi Wan is trying to figure out who's who authorized his clones. Yeah, you, yeah. who <laughs>
1: authorized it? Uh, Sifo Dyas. Who's Sifo Dyas? Yeah. yeah, there's an audiobook that just came out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's on Audible.
1: Uh, it's uh, but you know, they did just release like a Count Dooku book that shows how he found Asajj Ventress and what his connection to the Jedi Order was and who Sifo Dyas was and he was actually really close friends with Sifo Dyas and it's like the stuff I've wanted to know since when did you say it? yeah, 2002. 2002 it's 20 nobody explained it <laughs> 17 people are driving now that weren't alive when i was wondering who sifo oh, is yeah
0: because i never explain it
1: and now we're finding out it, it's
0: nuts. it's so good i love those little kind of they take a little niche sure. name like that and then they just expand it into well, a whole thing and,
1: and one of the things that i remember having a lot of conversations about a lot of uh, you might be surprised to find out there's not a lot of Star Wars talk in the Marine Corps uh, <laughs> shock. yeah especially in the infantry it might be different now it's been a little bit since I've been in but in 2001 in the infantry you know there's not a lot of Star Wars talk but one of the one of the things I remember talking to people about is who is sypho Dias and we really put a lot of thought into what that could be was Sifo-Dyas Qui-Gon by any chance you know was it was it something that he didn't want to he didn't want to tell the Jedi Council about was it possible that he knew that we were going to have to take steps outside of uh the Jedi code to possibly combat this upcoming evil and it was you know it, it was such a cool thing and it kind of reminded me like the recently I was reminded of it with end game and and people speculating well i guess well, what if captain marvel and thanos and then what if this and then they have a time stone and then they have a reality stone but what if we really didn't see that and what if vision and it, it, and it was kind of the same that's kind of how we were feeling with episode two and and the episode two ended and all we knew was that the Clone Wars were finally yes, here. And the Clone here. Wars had been in the lexicon of Star Wars since the original movie. Since the New Hope, yep. Because Princess Leia's Leia. name dropping it. And so we finally got to this point where, regardless of the overall feelings of episode one, uh, and this is speaking as somebody who's just seeing episode two, we're like, oh my gosh, we're going to see it. We're going to see the thing that this, that they've been talking about since 1977. It's going to be huge. And
0: so we kind of built up in our Again, brains. Again, he kind of took just what I said. Let's take this little yep. Clone Wars phrase, and we're going to expand on it. Yeah, and they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to. And, and, and
1: I don't know. I, don't want to, <laughs> I can't speak for George Lucas, clearly. But uh, I don't know that that was ever anything... Other than just some reference, yeah. he's like, "Oh, you served for my father in the Clone Wars," and it's a terrible title, Clone Wars. It was a single war, but <laughs> <laughs> good point. But uh, that's a whole other thing. Star Wars, yes, because there's multiple wars within this this tapestry. Clone Wars is a clone war, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I it, Episode Two stoked creativity and it stoked the love that Star Wars fans had. And over time, that's been lost because people are just like, "Oh, that's the prequel." Too much CG, bad romance.
0: You had uh, Darth Vader, Anakin going going nuts on the Sand People kind of starting mm-hmm. to see his dark side a little bit. What did you think about those scenes? I love it. Okay? <laughs> I, I love it. It
1: feels rushed. And I again this goes back to one of my one of my criticisms for the prequels is I don't think they should have been directed by George Lucas. George Lucas some of his best work is when he farms out his ideas to other people. Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, but I still love the original no, Star know, Wars. No, I know. No, for anyway, sure. Anyway, yeah, okay. uh, uh, yeah. Indiana Jones. Indiana oh, yeah. Jones. Yeah. Uh, Good point. Great, great idea. Let Steven Spielberg do it. But a great concept. No, for sure. And George Lucas, wellspring of ideas. Great, great producer. Fantastic creator. But I think in this instance, I, I really feel like under the hands of someone else, we could have seen a more gradual fall for Anakin. In episode one, having him be 10 yeah. is wrong. He should have been older we should have had Hayden Christensen play Anakin in episode one we should have seen him be angry okay. at his situation having sh- be
0: like 13 or
1: 14 yeah <clears throat> give me instead of having given me a 10-year gap give me a three-year gap give me a four-year gap between episodes one and two and show me his potential for evil which we don't have in episode one. He's a naive little kid who doesn't understand how terrible the world is. He finds out he's being taken from his mother. He's like, oh, well, I guess you can't come with me. He needs to be pissed. He needs to be angry. Like, I trusted you. You're taking me away from this. All I need is this woman in my life. And because of you, you know, and deflecting and and, and showing that potential for evil. Without that potential for evil in episode one, when he snaps in episode two, we understand it. Like, because they messed with his mother. But as a catalyst, that's kind of weak. Okay, uh, it's too abrupt. I see what is, you mean. Yeah, yeah. In, in episode three, he's just like, uh, "You got to go kill bad guys." Or, no, excuse me. In episode three, Palpatine is like, "You got to go kill these children." And he's like, "I guess I gotta go gotta kill, kill these the children. Ch- to save Padme. I gotta, and, gotta do I guess this. That's what I gotta do." And <laughs> and there's no progression. It's too choppy, almost it's too choppy. It's like in, please stop me if I ought not to do this. In the final season of Game of Thrones, okay. Khaleesi, Danny, we we know that she's going to be bad, but the problem is she had spent seven seasons building us onto her side, which is smart. It's a super smart thing. I'm not anti this final season of Game of Thrones. Again, uh, at M-O-T-H-E-E on Twitter, <laughs> and you can come see me at Rainbow Comics in Lincoln, Nebraska. I didn't hate this last season of Game of Thrones, but what ended up happening is when John Snow discovers that she, what her plans are as an audience we get to see her as evil for the first time that was brought to
0: abruptly okay so um, similarly very similarly
1: to how Darth Vader who we know Anakin Skywalker's yes. Vader and it it was too on the nose. It was just too much like, oh, well, he's evil. His eyes are yellow. He's going to go kill kids. But if that was established early in episode one, that, you know, he's he's a good kid. He can use the force. He's got all this potential. But if his anger was clouding his judgment and we use that as an excuse rather than him being too old, just be like, look, we can't train him because he's too obsessed with his anger and anger leads you to the dark side. And if we if we train him how to use these powers, that's gonna put him on a path we can't pull him back from. So then when he goes back to Tatooine, he's already pissed that he couldn't take his mom with him. And again, I'm building my own my own fan theory here, but he's already angry with that. He's got underlying anger issues, and then he finds out that his mom's been kidnapped and killed. That's it. He's, sure. he's completely snapped. snapped yeah. Now that he's got that and he's he's taken lives outside of a war zone, which that's a whole other topic, but he's in cold blood, has killed these people. Then give him a reason in episode three that he needs to kill these specific kids. And I don't know what that is because I'm well, not a also, good writer. He also but.
0: has an episode two, you have the angst of he's in love with Padme, but oh, he can't sure. tell
1: anybody. Absolutely. So he's got that. No, for sure. And, <sighs> and again, they played that whiny... Yeah, and they could have played it more towards the rage. Yeah, cuz like why can't the, why, why the Jedi hold me in, back? Instead of being wanna... like I am more powerful, just be like I am more powerful. Like I I can do this and the fact that they will not let me have this yeah. thing. I don't have to follow the rules. Exactly, like why should I? I'm yeah. I'm powerful. I'm more powerful I'm the chosen than anyone. Exactly. Exactly. There's potential there and I believe under the hand of somebody else okay. we could have Hit that potential, and they just
0: didn't didn't capitalize on that. Exactly.
1: So oh. Again, not bad, just there's flaws. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I, I do think if you if you were to go back and rewatch episode one, watch episode one with the expectation of trying to appreciate it in pieces. If you go back to episode two, look at episode two, understanding the rage that Anakin doesn't know how to communicate because of nothing else if you look at his whining and you understand he's he's experiencing a thing that he's told very explicitly to repress and suppress and not express wow i did that i did that (laughs) completely on purpose (laughs) he's not sure how to handle these emotions and the one person he trusts to express himself to is padme and we've all been to this place and again i'm i'm in my late thirties, we've, we've all been to this point from my perspective where you have to just talk to that one person and you're like, all right, I'm just going to whine for a minute (laughs) and it's going to come out. I'm going to sound like a child, but I'm going to need you to just let me do it. Uh, and once you get it out, you're fine. Uh, and so I can empathize, empathize, totally feel what Anakin's going through if I put that in perspective. But the fact that I have to bring that to the movie yeah. is a failing on the movie's part
0: yeah because if you never experienced that you wouldn't be able to do it for sure and then yeah. all you see is just a whiny Anakin whiny Anakin Good it doesn't point. like
1: sand it's rough it's coarse it gets everywhere
0: sure. question, uh, last question here sure. on, on episode 2 once you saw episode 2 mm-hmm. and you've seen obviously episode 1 yep. at the time hmm which one did you like better at episode, the time? Episode 2. Episode 2. Okay, two. so it's getting better. Yeah. oh well for sure. Brings us into episode 3. Episode 3. I'll try Revenge to I'll, of the Sith. I'll try to go as quickly as I no, can. That's okay, I'm, that's I'm okay. taking so much of no, your time. No, 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 you're fine. Uh, we got episode 3 came out in 2005. So we got
1: 3 years in between. Oh my so gosh. We'll another let's another do a flashback. Okay, so do you know what month that came out in two thousand five? I don't. Okay, no.
0: I got. Out I would the, assume it was in the spring because they all came out in the spring. Yeah, I got out at the Marine
1: Corps in August of two thousand five. Okay, and so I was uh, for the end of two thousand four. I was in Iraq, and so I came back knowing that is one of the things when i was in iraq i was like there's episode three is coming and i need to see it Gotta please see do it. not let me die and i, I i'm not i, I I'm promise you i'm not being disrespectful for my brothers and sisters who gave their lives none of that i sure. promise you but i'd be remiss to tell you like that the, the thought crossed my brain we're like i'm not going to know how the story ends uh because i legitimately felt like i was yeah. going to die a couple times I- so no, please if Cut that out if you need to cut no, that out. That's but fine. No. I don't I don't want to come across as disrespectful. I did do my time. I was I served sure. in the war, I was in the infantry, all that stuff. But I the thought sincerely crossed my sure. brain that I may not
0: know Live how this. to see it. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. It, it, it's very real. So when I came back to the States, I was like, oh, Star Wars. <laughs> uh and so I was really, really excited to see it. Now, my initial reaction to episode three remains the same. Episode 3, and and I've been saying this since I saw it in theaters, Episode 3 is the movie everybody wanted Episode 1 to be. Oh, okay. That's a good perspective. You wanted to see anakin skywalker but you wanted to see him become darth vader you wanted to go to the movie see him meet obi-wan see him go bad see them come to come to clashes and i honestly believe everything that episode three did correctly which i would argue is more correct than the other two okay From a storytelling standpoint, from a Star Wars aesthetic standpoint. You're saying
0: the story flowed a little bit better? Yeah. A little smoother?
1: Uh, uh, And it, it conformed a little bit more to what, again, what I would say the old guard would consider more of what Star Wars ought to feel like. And I can't help but wonder if that maybe was on purpose, where we started so far away from it. And narratively speaking, by the time we get closer and closer to episode four, we're starting to see the world become what we're expecting it to be. Maybe that maybe that was a failed yeah. experiment, but I, I can yeah. appreciate it. And, and maybe I'm reading too much into it as a hoity-toity film guy. Uh, <laughs> but so what? I like Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> surprise. Episode three, we see it starts with the end of the Clone Wars. Uh, so we're seeing this awesome battle. Uh, and if you want to recreate that battle here at Rainbow Comics in Lincoln, Nebraska, we have the newest set of X-Wing, the the game, the tabletop game yeah. X-Wing. And uh, the newest stuff is like Obi-Wan's Jedi Starfighter and Anakin's oh, Starfighter cool. and Grievous's ship. And it's,
0: oh, it's yes. so cool. Um,
1: but it's really, really fun. But I love... That opening Um, battle—it's a little corny with the little with the little droids on the wings, and they're like knocking stuff off. Yeah, it's it's. Fun, yes. Yeah.
0: It's it's fun. It's cartoony. It's ridiculous, and I love it. And that's where Obi Wan says, uh, "You'll be the death of me someday." Yeah, that, yeah, 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 absolutely.
1: And and it's true.
0: We yeah, know, know it. It's it's whatever. It's it's a little too on the
1: nose. It's a little too fanservice-y, But you tell me when you saw that in the theater, you didn't giggle and clap oh, yeah, a little. bit. Totally did. Yeah. Now you look at it, you are like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> at the moment, it, it, we're talking about for that that first time you ever saw it, you loved it, and and I. Def- you to tell me you didn't. That was a good battle scene. It, it not was lie. so much fun, and that was, I, I uh, and we're looking at 2005 versus 99, so six years, six years, and look at how that looks versus anything in episode one, and it's it's mind blowing, and you, the, the acting was a little bit stilted. Ewan and McGregor did not give his greatest performance, but I'm still into it. When we see Anakin get manipulated by Palpatine to cut off Dooku's head. Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, oh, we're going there. We're going there. We're going there now. I love Grievous. I shouldn't love Grievous. He's not established. He's very poorly put into the world. Yes. And he just I love I love General Grievous. (laughs) I know I do too.
0: I love I remember seeing him on that the Clone Wars, the little mini com or mini episodes that they did yeah. on Cartoon Network, yes, where they had him there first before they had him in the movie. I was like, "Ooh, this guy! I like this guy. Wish I wish they wouldn't have killed him off." Yeah, well, but they oh, they did a they did such a good job. I know, but then you have you move into yeah, you see him cut off General Grievous's or not General uh, Count Dooku. Dooku's head, mm-hmm. and then we get later on when he manipulates him into well, kills off Mace Windu. Can, he does he. Well, <laughs> mm, we just gave each other quizzical looks. Yes. It's really did good he? for audio. Did he die? Did what? he die? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he died. Yeah. Uh, but, but what if he didn't? But what if he did uh, I think, didn't they explore that in, is it a book? Not officially. Yeah, it has not officially
1: been explored. But there is a, it, because of what you'd mentioned at the beginning of the show, with the resurgence of the popularity of the prequels, people are like, well, he's Samuel L. Jackson and he's Mace Windu and he's awesome. Yeah. And what we saw was him get electrocuted and thrown out a window. Yes. Uh we've seen Jedi survive a lot worse than that. Yeah. They. Or did a ship uh, go by and he Yeah. Like, into there's that there's or- there's infinite possibilities and that's that's very possible something that we could see explored in a Cause, comic Because we did novel. see Darth Maul come back. We did see... Oh, my gosh. Oh, sorry, so, I
0: shouldn't have... Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get started on Clone don't Wars. Don't get me started. I, <laughs> anyway, back, yeah, no. <laughs> back to uh, Anakin killing Mace Windu, Anakin supposedly. Him. Well, did he,
1: I don't know. Did, would you say he I killed him? I guess that's him? true. Well, he the, cut his uh, hand off, I Palpatine. guess.
0: Palpatine... Did he cut off both hands or one hand? I can't remember. I don't know. Was the hands, limbs were lost. Yeah. Lives were, lives were
1: <laughs> forfeit. Uh, Palpatine... Secured his secured his place as evil, uh, and with that, I, I guess with that action, he he was, I, I would say probably be, being complicit in the death of Mace Windu is kind of the birth of Vader.
0: Yeah, that's when he kneels before him that's and when he kind has, of yeah, yes, so good <laughs> your best Emperor impression. No, no, dude, <laughs> I, have, I have a
1: good Palpatine. Don't don't test me. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, but at that point, that's where it becomes. You're evil, sure, but even in Star Wars, evil is nuanced. And so there he's like, oh, why don't you go kill some kids? And he's like, all right, that seems reasonable. Like That's
0: (laughs) kind of the whole premise of when he, at that scene, he says, we need to take out the Jedi, the Relentless. Once we take them out, then we're going to have peace. So his solution to bring peace is to wipe out all the opposition.
1: Yeah, but that's a lot like saying, well, in Batman versus Superman... Uh, uh, Bruce never expected Clark to be a real human and Clark never saw eye to eye with Bruce and so when they said Martha they were each like oh this is interesting (laughs) yeah it works on paper but the execution is so poor like I I get it I know what they're trying to accomplish I know what they're trying to display visually but it's kind of too little too late which goes back to what I said before establish some anger issues Uh, give me a reason to believe that Even though I don't want this to happen, give me a reason to believe that Daenerys is going to blow up King's Landing. You know, (laughs) give me a reason where I can be like, "Oh, well, that makes sense." Sure, I I would see. I see Anakin being whiny and not taking orders and being like, "Well, I don't think we need to kill the little kids. I think that we could probably try to do this." And why wouldn't we try to help them? And that—that to me feels more like. But did they
0: have to have him kill all the kids just to say, "Look," like you said, he cut off Dooku's head at the beginning, like, "Oh, we're going there." Yeah. And then now we're like, whoa, he's killing little kids even. He's- we
1: don't... Uh, I equate being complicit in Windu's death with cutting off Dooku's head. We don't have a second step. We don't have We don't have a descent. We have, okay, he's willing to cross a line. And then you got, oh, well, I guess we crossed the line and I didn't see it. Because you don't just go from righting a wrong... To murdering children.
0: There's, there's, the, that's a real hard. I see baton what you mean. Pass. It's too big of a gap. Yeah, You're taking out Duku because look, he's killed lots of people. He it would he almost cut off
1: my arm. It would almost <laughs> make more sense for him to kill Duku, slaughter the Sand People. And then go to going to kill kids because you have a de escalation Ah, of uh, that's a good point. Yeah, where you know there's a reason for him to execute Dooku, whether or not it's something. Cut off my arm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and you're a war criminal. Well, that's true. That too. Yeah. Uh, And why is it? Why is it so upsetting that he kills Dooku versus? You know, killing somebody else in the middle of battle, and and there's there's some really cool morality questions in there. Sure, but yeah, ultimately I understand why you have to have Anakin kill the kids.
0: I think it was just yeah sloppy.
1: Um, but yeah, moving on from that, we have we the fight scenes. The
0: we have, oh my god, Yoda versus the Emperor, and then Anakin versus Obi Wan.
1: Say what you want about CG Yoda and his lightsaber. You it's, either love it or you hate it. And there is no in between. There's nobody who's like, "Well, I guess it was okay." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's it is probably the most divisive thing about Episode Three. I
0: love it. I love I too. it too. I love so it so much. He's spinning the little thing and the the, the seat, the senator seat sure. thing. Well, and, and, and
1: one and of the just... weird things it reminds me of, and and. Forgive me again. This is going to date me a little bit, uh, and it's you know I'm from the Midwest, so this is this is a real big thing in the Midwest. If you ever saw like Reverend Billy Graham on TV, right, uh, you would see him back uh, towards the end of his life. He would he'd have a cane and he'd walk real rickety up to the stage and then he'd get to the podium give his sermon like he was yes. 40 50 years younger just with this weird energy that yep. you can't quantify and i'm not making uh, i'm not making a religious statement or anything no, like no. that it's you I can totally you mean. can yeah. look this up on youtube but he would have this fire and this energy and this weird youthfulness to this old man and then as he's getting off the stage Grab he needs help down he's got yep. his cane and he's just walking yes. away real slowly and real rickety yep. exactly and that's exactly right that's immediately what i thought when i saw yoda with his lightsaber yeah. like he's old and he's not afraid of being old but when he needs to he'll use the force to project him to accomplish his goals
0: exactly so yeah no I love those those both those scenes are just fantastic oh yeah both fights oh absolutely and you see then Anakin blowing up at at Obi-Wan so we got he kind of lets him <laughs> do you his do you know <laughs>
1: do you want to know what the worst one of
0: the, there are two
1: terrible lines in Star Wars and they both come in this sequence okay one of them, uh, and I'm—I know I'm not alone. Everybody knows what I'm about to say. Obi Wan is upset at Anakin, and he yells at him. Uh, only, Sith, only Sith deal in absolutes. I don't know if you know the word "only." Only is an absolute. <laughs>
0: then, so I'm like, what are you trying to say about yourself, there, Obi Wan? Yeah, like when people say there are no absolutes. Well, that's a pretty absolute statement, saying yeah, there, there are, are no absolutes. absolutes. Are you sure? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Good point. But no, just Obi Wan saying <laughs> only a Sith. deal and absolutes you're like oh gosh all Oops. right okay and George it's the grammar police what was the, what was the second line the second one goes back to what I was saying earlier about Natalie Portman Natalie Portman uh, Padme in the scene at the very end when she realizes that Anakin has gone full Vader yep she's bawling and you can see this emotion in her eyes and Natalie Portman is a great actress and what she needed to say was nothing Because everything in her performance brought out the words that George Lucas, the writer and director, made her say. uh, Which was the equivalent to Anakin talking about how coarse sand was in episode two. And this one she says... (laughs) The coarse uh, sand, I love that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's, it's real bad. Uh, But at the end of episode three, she realizes that Vader is Vader. And she's like, Anakin, you're going down a path I can't follow. You're breaking my heart. Natalie Portman doesn't have to say that. She didn't need to say There's any of that. At no point did she need to utter anything like that terrible dialogue. Yeah. Because I know, like, very clearly she's looking at him, understanding that he's going down a path she All can't she follow. All she
0: needs to do is keep crying and mm-hmm. start to take steps back. And just, yeah. I can't go there. I would have visualized,
1: visually told no, us. No, for sure. And and that's, oh, man. Uh, that is, uh, that's my biggest problems. Like, the, the Obi-Wan line is cringe. It's yeah. not. Terrible. It's not unforgivable. Just it's, grammatically, just, it's just, yeah.
0: it's grammatically stupid. You're exactly right. She could just, yeah, she didn't have to say anything. Yeah, like
1: I've said things that are dumb and grammatically incorrect in the heat of a moment that's sure. that's absolutely
0: fine that's it's forgivable it's just keep listening to this podcast you'll yeah. see both of us say no no i'm, <laughs> I'm uh,
1: this is like this is like my fifth take i'm doing i'm doing <laughs> yeah. wonderful it's uh, three in
0: the morning we're still trying to do
1: it <laughs> just kidding wait are we still
0: talking about episode one
1: <laughs> uh no uh yeah grammar full pas are forgivable yeah bad performance is not and in this case I blame the director yeah. because the actress has the ability and we've seen it in other performances like the entirety of Black Swan, right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have she doesn't have to speak. She can tell us everything she needs to just through her expressions. She knew you have to cry. She can just be processing that information, and because again, she's on a different level than Hayden Christensen. Hayden, come say hi. <laughs> R- Rainbow Comics, Lincoln, Nebraska. I'll give you some free things. Uh, but uh, but Natalie Portman can do that. She just can do that, and, and that's one of the another one of those cardinal sins that George Lucas did is yeah. not allow Natalie Portman, who by two thousand and five yeah. was Natalie Portman.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was very well known. Ultimately. Even, even my wife, who's not a huge Star Wars fan, that's the one line. She's like, that is so cheesy. It doesn't work. It takes you, <laughs> it, it, it does what no
1: movie dialogue should ever do, and it takes you out of the moment. You're like, oh, why did she say do you that? you think that? If,
0: if you took that line out, how much higher do you think? Infinitely.
1: In, okay. Infinitely. I, I, I couldn't, all I can tell you is that it will be better okay um, i promise you it will be better it's impossible for it to not be better <laughs> that is that is the biggest anchor on that specific well, that part one of line? the prequels yeah. yeah yeah that that movie like if I, oh, if i know it's coming you just ugh. again i can forgive the only a sith deals in absolutes it's fine passionate yeah. whatever you say something dumb but in this case it's not in her character it's sure. not necessary it's Poor writing. It's poor filmmaking. It's it's uh, uh, it's my least favorite part of the prequels. Is well, what is about the
0: one, fight huh? between Obi Wan and and Anakin at the end? What did you think about those final few scenes when he gets oh, his legs cut man. off and gets burned? And
1: I like I like. Do you I think like, that ended I like, well? I like the body mutilation. Well, if I'm <laughs> if
0: I'm being honest. Um. Did did we get did we get to where Vader needed all that stuff? Yes. Well enough. You think? I
1: think so. Um. I think so. I think it was seeing the suit needed to be more than a an, an add-on at the end. We needed to it needed to have a dramatic drive. I think the fight with Obi-Wan needed to needed to happen the way it did. Yeah, I, I think Obi-Wan never wanted to kill Anakin. I I, I don't think he wanted. I think they established that pretty well in my opinion. Sure, sure. And he he was like I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that we get out of here. I can't bring myself to kill you, which is kind of the cardinal sin that Anakin per- perpetuates oh, yeah. throughout everything is his attachments. Uh, the only attachment we really ever see Obi-Wan ex- exhibit in the films <laughs> yeah. is is to, uh, is to Anakin. like He, he has an attachment to, to, Qui-gon. Uh, to Qui-Gon as his master, but he's able to let go of Qui-Gon and focus on his mission and do what he needs to do. Oh, that's
0: right. Yeah, because remember him and Yoda are talking. He's like, I don't think I can go take on Anakin. Yeah. I,
1: I can't kill him. He's he, he can't do it because he's got that attachment. And it's the attachments that Anakin couldn't break that were rooted in his emotions that were more dark side emotions that couldn't be shaken, that magnified everything. So it's very interesting. Again, I'm, I'm probably reading more into it. That it's very interesting that Obi-Wan's biggest downfall really is not killing Anakin. Because if he killed Anakin right there, we don't have... Good point. We don't have... Well, I mean, we'd have like Ventress maybe, but yeah. we, <laughs> we don't have Darth <laughs> Vader anymore.
0: And, we, and he uh, was the one that killed the Emperor, so yeah. he actually... Yeah, so... And then it comes into morality questions or whatever. But, you
1: know, it it is interesting, though, that that Obi-Wan's hubris, I guess, is what allowed Vader to persist. And it's that same... The inverse of that is what caused Vader to become a thing in the first place. And this is why I love Star Wars. Because <laughs> what I'm saying might be just me talking out of the corner of my mouth, you know, and, yeah. and and what I'm saying is probably just a load of hooey. I put no stock in my points of view. I all all I do is love Star Wars. If yes. if we have this same conversation tomorrow, I might say my points will all remain the same, but my takeaway from it might be completely different. And the best part about Fiction is that—that's completely allowed. Exactly, it's absolutely allowed. It's encouraged. Fiction is great. Yes. Star Wars is great. Comics are great. Transformers are great. I love. And Clone I, Wars. Oh, don't get me started. in the Star Wars? Why do you, Why you got to <laughs> do sorry. that? No, it's so mean.
0: <laughs> well, let's let's rank. Sure. Episode one, two, and three. Episodes one, what two, two, and do three. Do you think? Oh my gosh. Best, to, to two, least favorite two, three, one,
1: three and one. Yeah. And again, it's
0: so two rude. is still, still two, okay I, I
1: love, man, I'm telling you, I might go home and just watch <laughs> that opening. Uh, go back again. Uh, so I said, go back and watch episode one with an eye for taking in the vignettes. Okay. Take in, take in everything you can in like 15, 20 minute chunks and let that, Subside as its own mini movie that makes up the Phantom Menace. Go back and try to just enjoy it for the pieces. Okay. In Episode Two, go back and watch everything that you hate with Anakin, and understand the repressed rage that he's unable to articulate. And, and yeah, his he's got driving all these questions force. in his
0: mind. He's like, I, I love this girl, and I want to. But I can't, and mm-hmm. my mom gets killed. I love sure. her. and Yeah. Sure, absolutely. So
1: that let that inform where you're going in episode two. In episode three, just watch the movie and mute it at the end when, <laughs> when, when Padme's going to do her thing. No, episode three... Again, episode three, not a perfect movie, but it's much harder for me to pinpoint what I don't like about it. Like, I don't like that we go to Kashyyyk. Chewbacca doesn't need to oh, be in the yeah, movie. I we don't. We don't need.
0: It's a lot of fan you could, cut, things. you could have cut that out completely. completely. Well, I guess you did have the stormtroopers try to kill
1: Yoda, eh, but but we know he lives. We okay, know he good lives. Point, good point. We don't need to see it. Um, if anything, I'd rather see Yoda get to Dagobah instead oh. of instead of seeing him attacked. Let's let's see him. Establish his new home and and yeah. come to terms with being in exile, yeah. uh, and you know becoming one with the Force or something like that. Like there's, instead of watching him fail but see where he's going to grow and and how he's going to overcome this massive obstacle. Man, I, that's a book I would read. That would
0: work. <laughs> how, he, how he gets established on Dagobah. Yeah, well, not but just like coming
1: out of the ultimate failure. that oh, was, yeah. yeah. That was the Jedi Order.
0: Yeah, because yeah, you're right. Where everyone's we,
1: gone. Well, not everyone, but well, but uh, where we mm-hmm. see him in the in the Last Jedi is he's like, yeah, we screwed up. <laughs> we yeah. absolutely did it wrong. Yeah. And where we see him in Empire he definitely understands that but we're looking at 18 years and yeah. and he's had 18 years so sit alone and think about what he did, and and that to me is that would be a great novel. I replay
0: think. his failure over and over again oh, in his have mind to, and I'd go nuts. Think about
1: <laughs> that cave on Dagobah yeah. where yeah. Luke goes in and confronts his darkest fear. What yeah. did Yoda do? What did Yoda and do? And How often did he relive that same thing? And what did he have to do to get oh, past? Good point. The the mental blocks or the the heartbreak. I mean, this is a man. He's nine hundred years old. He's got a lot of stuff
0: on his plate that that probably we couldn't even begin to fathom. So and if Disney's listening. Tim's got a great idea for a novel. Oh my gosh, or a, I will a four write Four issue it. miniseries. I will, or-
1: I will write it right now <laughs> <laughs> for free. No, 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 no. Okay, not, never mind. Not for free. You pay me, I'll do it. And you pay me more, I'll do a better job. <laughs> but uh, but
0: well, no. Uh, oh man. On all three. So to wrap it up. Sure. The basic crux is look don't hate on the prequels quite so much. They've got, so yes, they've got their bad points, sure. the bad line that you were talking about, oh, for but sure. overall they tell a, a real good story and they fill in a lot of gaps. It's, when, kind, it's kind of the story of Darth Vader, I guess, essentially. Oh, absolutely. The, the, uh, I would say the original six
1: are about Vader. I can't say what the, what the sequels are about. Cause they're not done yet. Yeah. As of recording, they're not done yet. Um, <laughs> But I would say, when was the last time you created something that was perfect? Um, Good point. And because of its flaws, we get, we get better material. And because something is subpar, it needs to be embraced. We need to understand what is it about this thing that didn't work so that we can make things in the future that do work. Sure. Are they perfect? Absolutely not. Are they bad? Do they quote unquote
0: suck? No. No. I I, I would say no, and um, we got more Star Wars. That's oh kind of yeah, what I always tell people. Like, yeah, maybe maybe you don't think they're that awesome, but we got more Star Wars. We got more Star Wars that weren't the droids or Ewoks cartoons. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about the TV movie. Uh, <laughs> the TV movie Battle for no. Endor. Oh yeah, <laughs> there were or, two. Yes, there, there were. were two Ewok it was movies: Battle for Endor and the Ewok Adventure. Ewok, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay,
1: but, I remember yeah. that. So let's go ahead real quick now, and we're going to dissect the Ewok movies.
0: Uh, no. Gosh, I haven't seen that, and
1: <laughs> I don't really remember. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I know. Uh, Lee, I really appreciate your time, man. I appreciate yeah. you letting me just ramble about the things I love. So next time, Clone Wars. Clone Wars. I, uh, <laughs> I would, I would love to talk about Clone Wars
0: if we could. That
1: would that would make me happy. If that's something people are interested
0: yeah, in. Yeah, I'm the, you know, this podcast is about nerdy stuff and we've covered transformers, star Wars, and now probably clone wars. Oh man. So if you ever want to talk about comic books? <laughs> uh, I'm your guy. Definitely. <laughs> well, I want you plug, we've already heard your Twitter handle, but let's yes. get some other ways we can get in touch with oh, you.
1: man, the best way to get in touch with me would be to go to Facebook. Uh, if you're on Facebook and look up rainbow comics, Lincoln, Uh, Because we're here in Lincoln, Nebraska. We are the second store in a chain. Rainbow Comics in South Dakota is our mother store, sister store, whatever you want to say. They're huge. They're a fantastic store, and I love them to pieces. But we're in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. It's me and uh, and Taylor. Uh, we are the only people who work here. We are huge, huge fans of just about everything. Even down to the fact that Taylor sells her own art. Uh, you can oh, find sweet. that on Facebook okay. too. It's the Skelly Boy art is B O I. You can see some of her cool stuff. She has uh, cool. she has originals for sale. She does really cool. Uh, she does really cool commissions. It's really really fun. Ultimately, yeah. If you wanna if you wanna see me. Come on down to Rainbow Comics in Lincoln. Um, you can visit our website at rainbowcomicsandcards.com. That'll show you uh, mostly our South Dakota store. But again, find us on Facebook. Find me on Twitter at yeah. M-O-T-H-E-E. Say hi to me. Like, just, just tell me how wrong I am. And I don't especially care. Especially
0: Hayden Christensen. Please yeah. come
1: down. Hayden Christensen, uh, come on down. I'll give you something for free. I promise. It'll And it won't be like a little dinky thing. Like, I'll give you a statue. Come on down. Because, <laughs> yeah. I, please. Just- offer
0: stands. Even if it's 5 years, years from oh, now yeah, no absolutely still come down Hayden
1: come on man <laughs> hit me up I, I saw factory girl I'm into it
0: <laughs> and I'll have at covernerd.net I'll have all the links that uh, Tim mentioned so definitely hit him up and appreciate the time and we'll definitely do it again all right Lee I look forward to it thank you. It was a lot of fun to sit down with Tim. I enjoyed it a lot. And as you can tell by the episode, he will be back again to talk more Star Wars. Please go to covertnerd.net for all the links mentioned in the episode. And until next time, nerd it up.